All across America and around the world, this is Veterans Radio. This is Veterans Radio. And now, your host for today's program, Dale Throneberry. And welcome to Veterans Radio. My name is Dale Throneberry, CW2 type, 1969 United States Army Aviator. Welcome to our final program of 2021. Wow, how can that possibly be happening? I don't understand it at all. But we do welcome you to our program here at the Christmas time of 2021. And today we're going to be replaying actually one of our favorite programs from 2012 uh, with John Hansen from the USO and a little bit about Bob Hope and, of course, the USO uh, throughout that program. So we do, as I mentioned before, we welcome you today to uh, Veterans Radio. And I want to make sure that we thank our sponsors and you, of course, our listeners, for supporting us over the last year. We couldn't do this program without you. And it's, it's, it's been just a wonderful and amazing journey for all of us here since 2003 here on Veterans Radio. So before we get started, I want to make sure, that again, that we thank our sponsors. Number one would be Legal Help for Veterans. Uh, Legal Help for Veterans specializes in veterans' disability claims. Make sure you give them a a call at Legal Help for Veterans at 800-693-4800. The National Veterans Business Development Council, better known as NVBDC, is the nation's largest and leading third-party authority for certification of veteran-owned businesses. For more information, you can go to their website. That's nvbdc.org. The Eisenhower Center in Michigan and Florida specializes in treatment for veterans, first responders, athletes, anyone suffering from post-traumatic stress, uh, a TBI, or a closed head injury. For more information, you can go to their website. That's eisenhowercenter.com, or give them a call, 800-554-5543. And the Charles S. Kettles VA Medical Center in Ann Arbor, Michigan, for their financial support. What we think is probably the best VA health care hospital in the entire country. We want to thank them. And, of course, if you'd like to support Veterans Radio, you can always go to our website. That's veteransradio.net slash our sponsors. I also want to make sure before I you know, get into today's program that uh, some of the quality is, may not be the best well, we've been working on it, so it's a, you know it's an almost a ten year old program, uh, and so we're going to apologize. Sometimes it gets a little fuzzy in there, but I think you'll still enjoy it. I also want to make sure that we thank our uh, sponsors, as I mentioned, you, uh, not just our corporate sponsors, but you as individuals. Uh, again, we we really do appreciate all that you do for us and in your support. And uh, we have a little special for you going on until the end of the year if you at our uh, online uh, shop. You can go to veteransradio.net and click on our post exchange and you get 25% off any of the items on there that you would like to get. And uh, that's our way of giving back to you. So we thank you very much again for your financial support of Veterans Radio. And of course, anytime you have a story that you would like us to cover on Veterans Radio, anytime you would like uh, to just discuss anything with us on the air, remember we do have our monthly benefits program. Normally it would be the last Sunday of the month, so make sure if you have any questions for our benefits experts that you, um, you know, contact us, again, going to veteransradio.net and clicking on the contact us button there, and then we will make every attempt to answer your questions. With that said, let's get right into today's program. It, as I mentioned before, was recorded back in December of 2012. It's all about the USO, Bob Hope, and uh, John Hansen 
from the USO. So you're going you're gonna to hear some names um, that you know, haven't been around for a while that were contributors and uh, interns with us. And also, if there are any mistakes in the editing where we give you a phone number, don't call us today because it's, it's not a live program. So again, here we go. And here is Bob Hope. So coming up in just a little bit, we're going to have John Hansen, who is uh, a uh, senior vice president and Air Force veteran, and he will be on talking about the history of the USO and what it means to us and what it means to the country. And I think it's uh, very important that uh, everybody out there, I know you're always looking for organizations to support, and the USO is a great one and has been around for 70 years, and we're going to take a look at the history of the USO. I'm going to play a clip that I found on YouTube yesterday. Unfortunately, you can't see the photographs that go along with it, but you'll be able to find it if you want to at some point. And it's, it was put up there by a, an organization or a gentleman called Answer So Lucky, and it runs about eight minutes, but it talks a little bit about the USO and, of course, the uh, iconic Bob Hope. So, Nina, let's hear this right now. Bob Hope was not only a great comedian, he also was a great hero. What he did for this country in times of crisis will always be remembered. I just want you boys to see what you're fighting for, that's all. I was on radio at NBC, and the producer said, they want you at March Field next year. I said, what's March Field? He said, that's an Air Force base in Riverside. I said, well, what do we do there? You know, there's no war or anything. He said, well, they want you down there, the great audience. There you are, Coney. You're down on your knees with 12 suitcases on your back. What are you going to do now? Well, no sense wasting a position like this. Get out the dice. And the audience was so great. I said, wait a minute. How long has this been going on? And Christmas time, war started. Then it became dramatic. We went five straight years all around the world just doing troops. Doing troop shows. One of the greatest things that ever happened to me. Well, here I am in London. But here we are on the USS Boxes. Here I am in Alaska. Colorado Springs. Guam. Tokyo. Here we are in Inserlik, Turkey. Inserlik. That's a Turkish word meaning don't knock it. At least Vietnam. Uban. Takli. Karat. Achukuchi. Utapad. Van Rang Dang Dang. Chung Ching Chung Kang Air Base. I'm very thrilled to be here. On the... Where are we? I was a little kid during the Second World War. And... Uh, and these really vivid memories of sitting by the radio and listening to Hope. Some night. Some night. Some park. Some park. Some moon. Some moon. Some bench. Some bench. Some grass. Some grass. Some dew. I don't. <laughs> well, it's nothing like finding out right away, you know what I mean? The soldiers and sailors that he was entertaining were a real part of the show. You heard these people who were starved for entertainment, starved for some feeling of normal life again. And you heard this tremendous outpouring of energy from them. Bob Hope, when, when he came to entertain the troops, it made us, and it probably made other troops feel the same way, made them uh, uh, forget for a little bit the killing and the dying that was taking place, even though it was for just a short time. What's the difference between you and an idiot? Well, for one thing, you don't have a mustache. <laughs> Such a thrill for me, all these men whistling and screaming. Yeah. 
Yeah, they've been in the jungle too long. Hey, a little girl, comb your hair, fix your makeup. Soon he will open the door. He was not interested in, uh, in anything but pleasing those people. When you went out on the stage, the acceptance was beyond a, a great audience, you know, that was going to give you a standing ovation before you even opened your mouth. Say, Bob, am I standing in the right place? Don't worry, honey. If you're not, they'll move the base. I don't know what I'm doing here, Bob. I can't sing and I can't song. Oh, just stand there. They'll do the singing and dancing. All right. He kept the morale up. That was what his job was, to keep that morale up for everybody. I'll give you eight bars to make your fame and fortune. Otherwise, it's back to the swamp. Go. I met Mr. Holt, and he wanted me to try a few bars of White Christmas. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. He kind of stunned me with his reaction because he said... You know, Crosby's got kids everywhere. Get here, but let that be a lesson to you. He brought a little bit of home 10,000 miles away, and especially at Christmas time. Is uh, Specialist Fourth Brian H. O'Connell here? Where is he? Would you come up, please? I went over to Vietnam approximately June or July of 65. My wife was about six months pregnant. Just before we got on the plane, his wife brought this over to us, and here's a picture of twins, his twins that he's never seen. I had no idea what they looked like. I just knew that uh, they were twin boys. And I just want you to take a peek at these little kids. They're the first time he's ever seen them. Those... My dad didn't like to talk about Vietnam much from his personal experiences. But one thing dad did talk about from the war was the receiving the picture on stage with Bob Hope. Congratulations. When Bob gave me the, the brag book, I was proud, really proud of him, you know, and I thought it was great. I appreciate it very much. You know, it's a great feeling. The whole front row, I mean, the whole front section was always the guys that had, like, a plasma drip going in. And they would be in beds. You, you knew that, that, that this was serious business. And, and to hear them laugh. You remember me, Rosemary's baby? Oh, my faithful old nurse. Yeah. You know, this isn't such a bad part. What the hell is all that firing over there? General, will you call off this stuff, this war, while we're on, please? He would walk into a hospital, and only he could do this. I mean, and he, he would lead the, the gang. It was five women and myself and Peter Leeds and Les Brown and we all, big troop. And he'd walk in there. His opening remark was, don't get up, fellas. You were seeing kids that had their arms and legs removed. You were seeing guys that had the whole front of their bodies sewn up with great big staples this thick. I broke down and cried. I, I, and he took me aside and gave me a lecture. This isn't why we're here. They want lightness. They want a joke. They want you to pretend that nothing is wrong. Pity skirts are bigger than ever. Even some of the fellas are wearing them. Don't laugh. If you'd have thought of it, you wouldn't be here.
think one of the most emotional shows I ever played was when I played for the 1st Marine Division in Pavuvu down in the South Pacific because uh, we were playing an island called Banika. And this fellow flew over and said, could you possibly do an extra show for the 1st Marine Division? They've never had a show and they would really love to see you and they're going to invade Peleliu. And so we flew over the next morning and you knew when you walked out there that you're playing for 15,000 kids that a lot of those guys you never see again. And as it worked out, 60% of those kids were knocked off in this invasion of Peleliu. And we're back. And that was a, a segment about Bob Hope and the USO shows. Actually, we've got a call on the line. I've got Rob Winter calling from Saline, Michigan. And, uh, Rob, you were uh, called in because you went to a USO show. Yeah, I, um, I, was, I was in Vietnam in uh, 70 and 71. I was in the Army, and uh, I got the luck of the draw. Uh, we had in our company, I don't remember what the allocation, but it was probably only three or four people, but uh, we put our put our names and names in the hat, and my name came up. And so I was lucky enough to get to go to one of the famous Bob Hope uh, Christmas shows. So, uh, of course, this happened in uh, December of uh, 1970, and uh, I was in... Uh, I was with the uh, I was in the Marical Division, so I was in the Third Battalion in the First Infantry, and um, what started out we got uh, you know the, the chopper took us back to our fire base, which was uh, Fire Support Base 411 or 411, and uh, from there then we then they flew us back to Chu Lai, which was our our the Marical headquarters. Well, I think that was the point. Uh, what what started there on the way to uh, Da Nang, where the uh, the U.S. Toe Show was being held, which was about uh, about a three-hour ride, about uh, 90 miles up uh, Highway One, uh, we had all been stripped of our weapons, and this was probably the first time for all the guys in this this huge convoy that we were without weapons, and it was kind of we all kind of felt naked. Oh, I'm sure. And uh, so. But anyhow, uh, we got trucked up. I guess one of the interesting things, too, along the way, you know, in Vietnam, there were no, uh, uh, what do you want to call, uh, you know, highway rest stops. So oh. what would happen, What would happen? they would stop the, the whole convoy and everyone would get out and literally go to the side of the road. And there was, as far as you could see, both directions, there were GIs uh, okay. <laughs> doing their thing. So that was, uh, you, you can't forget that picture. I mean, you know, I don't know. Uh, but uh, anyhow, we we got up there. And this show was, uh, I remember a couple things. Of course, the show had Bob Hope uh, with just like you were playing in the clip, some of his uh, jokes. Uh, but he had Ursula Andrus, who, of course, had been very famous for the Bond movie, the Dr. No Bond movie. Uh, Lola Falana, who was a, uh, a, a dancer. Gloria Loring, who was a good singer at the time. Um, they had, uh, G I think it was Jennifer Hosting, who was Miss, it was Miss World, anyhow, in 1970. Um, Johnny Bench was also there, a baseball player. And, uh, of course, Les Brown and his uh, band of renown. Uh, but I think myself, what I think most of the guys truly liked the best was the Gold Diggers group that he uh, brought along. Uh, if, if people don't know, of course, this was the, 
you know, right at the end of the 60s, 70s, and uh, they were all in their hip huggers, uh, go-go boots, uh, you know, very tight, showing a lot of leg. And uh, I think everybody thought, you know, because they were, for a lot of the guys, it's the first time they'd truly seen an American girl for, you know, uh, for a long time. And I I think they were the hit of the show, if you want to know the truth. At least that was my perspective. So, Well, Rob, what, what did the did the Bob Hope show mean to you and looking back at it? Well, of course, of course, for me, it was a, you know, a great, great break, uh, you know, a couple days. Like I said, it was scary both going and coming because we were vulnerable, but luckily we weren't attacked. They did have a lot of, they had some helicopter cover on the convoy, but the the show itself was, was morale. I mean, it was, I mean, all the guys there, it was, uh, you know, just terrific to see see those people coming out to uh, uh, you know support the troops and you know giving of their time. So you know, meant a lot. So, well, Rob, I want to thank you very much for calling in and uh, have a very merry Christmas this year too. Okay, thank same you. same same to you right. and everyone at Veterans Radio. Thank you, thank mm-hmm. you very much. I'll, this is what we're here for today, folks. We want you to call in. If you attended a USO show or have something you'd like to talk about uh, with the USO, give us a call here at Veterans Radio at 877-573-7825. We're going to take a break, and when we get back, we're going to have John Hansen from the USO on to talk about the history of the USO and what they have did in the past and what they're doing today. You're listening to Veterans Radio. with the Andrews sisters, for those of us that are old enough to remember. And uh, I was trying to come up with some some tunes for the current USO tours, and unfortunately I got sidetracked, as I normally do, when I'm trying to pick music of songs that I heard when I was uh, in the service or when I was growing up, and my dad would talk about the USO shows. And unfortunately, I didn't get to go to the U.S. show that was in Long Bend in 1969. I was working that day, and we were flying. Actually, we flew over or near until uh, we were told by uh, air traffic control to get out of the area. And it it was an amazing sight with probably 20,000 GIs down in this bowl. And uh, down in the middle of it was this little tiny stage, and you could see just these little people running around. And I was able to find some of that on YouTube. And for those of you that are really interested in in looking at some of these older programs, uh, YouTube is a great source for the information. Uh, they got a lot of clips of Bob Hope. They have a lot of clips of of today's USO shows. So uh, I would encourage you to do that, but not yet. And right now, coming on to the Veterans Radio program, is John Hansen, and John is a uh, senior executive with the USO organization, and John, welcome to Veterans Radio. Thank you, Dale. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, and thank you so much for your organization and what they do for the, the troops that are active duty and, of course, what they do for us that look back at this and just can't thank you, uh, the USO, enough for what you did over in, in Vietnam, in my case, and all over the world. So tell me a little bit about how the USO came about. 
The uh, USO was created in early 1941. In, in February 1941, President Roosevelt um, combined the operations of six uh, nonprofit organizations that had been that helped troops. Uh, did morale work in uh, World War One, and he said he his thought was it would be better if they coordinated their activities. If you uh, look at the USO logo, you'll see six stars, and that is sort of our uh, our salute to those six founding organizations that that were pulled together. And the, the whole idea was that the military was expanding, bases were opening all over the country, and um, there there needed to be a coordinated effort to provide morale services and recreational activities for troops at these bases to keep them occupied when they weren't in training. Well, you know, it, it, it's, it, I'm stuttering here because I'm, I'm just fascinated about the whole USO thing and how they got started. We heard in the clip that I played that, you know, Bob Hope got started actually before World War II began uh, when he was asked to go to a camp in California. Yeah, he went to what is now um, March Air Force Base, uh, March Field, and uh, the, the, the story was he really sort of fought it. He said, why can't we just bring some troops to the studio? Mm -hmm. And his, his producer said, no, you really need to go out there. Um, and he discovered that uh, there was a great audience that he hadn't even anticipated, and it started uh, his activities. Uh, he was on the road uh, nonstop during the war, and as we all know, even afterwards, he, he did uh, USO tours up through uh, the first Gulf War. Well, now, Bob Hope, of course, wasn't the only one that was, you know, going around the world putting on these programs. You also had programs going on in the States with some of these things called um, the Stage Door Canteens. Can you tell me a little bit about those? Yeah, the Stage Door Canteens were uh, were actually started, I think, by John Garfield and Betty Davis um, as, a, as an effort for Hollywood to to get involved in the, in the war effort. And troops um, stationed around the country would uh would would go to these what before USO clubs were at these locations they would go to these locations and be served uh a meal there'd be some dancing some entertainment and they'd be happen to be uh just as likely be waited on by by a celebrity my my father is a World War II veteran and was in San Francisco and it's it's interesting the one memory that stood out for him during uh, during the war was being served a sandwich by Sophie Tucker at the at the USO in San Francisco. Uh, it, it means a lot for these uh, for troops still for a celebrity, somebody as they say who doesn't have to be here to to show up and do something on their own, do something nice. Well, I I don't think that that many people are really aware of how many entertainers have been going. Uh, you know, on USO tours since you know over the last seventy years, but even up up till today, can you can you think of some of the entertainers that have been in Afghanistan and Iraq? Uh, well, it, it, Robin Williams and Louis Black, Kid Rock is probably one reason you didn't want to pick any music. Uh, <laughs> um, Kelly Pickler, the country singer, uh, just finished her sixth USO tour this week. She wow. got back on Tuesday from Afghanistan. Um, uh, Trace, Trace Atkins has gone for us a number of times. Uh, Toby Keith uh, goes every spring for us, and he insists that uh, while he doesn't mind doing large shows at large bases, that he won't go unless he can go to some forward operating bases. So we uh, we have to engineer a tour to make sure that he gets to some really small locations, and he takes him and his guitarist out to um, to, to entertain troops. Uh, Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders uh, are on tour now. They've been going on tour since Vietnam, uh, especially this time of year. They uh, have been going to 
to Japan and Korea. This year they're going to uh, to the Persian Gulf area, and um, so we've uh, we sort of run the gamut, and, and we're delighted that celebrities st- uh, still step up. Gary Sinise has gone around the, the world for us. I don't know how many times, um, taking either going by himself just to to talk to troops or taking the Lieutenant Dan Band um, with him. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a big roster. Well, I, I just think it's a, it's amazing, and I want people to really understand that these people are volunteering to go over there. And in fact, one of the uh, clips that I was listening to with Bob Hope, you know, he, he said, yeah, he went back and and they asked him to go again, and he, I said, I, I said, okay, and he, you know, he went off and and did these shows. I, I just, I'm always amazed at the the programs that they put on and the reception that they got, and that, you know, that he gave up his Christmas for, you know, what. 40 years yeah. uh, to put on these programs. And many of these people today are following in in those footsteps. Well, if we look at the USO um, during World War II and, you know, what they did, of course, traveling around the world for those four years, what happened to the USO after World War II? Well, in 1947, um, as, the, uh, as the military was being paired back, uh, Harry Truman uh, gave the USO an honorable discharge and uh, thanked the USO for its services. And over the next couple of years, uh, the USO wound down its service, its, its activities around the world um, until 1950. And when the Korean War started, um, we were the, the USO was once again asked to do what it had done in World War II, and we've been going strong ever since. What uh, in Korea, of course, we had. Uh the flyer that I sent around, I found a picture of Marilyn Monroe and found out that she had gone to Korea a couple of times. And, uh, of course, the entertainers and Bob Hope, of course, went went to Korea. And I had uh, an email from one of our listeners that said that he had seen Bob Hope in Korea. And it just meant so much to him to, to see uh, the program and... You know, being all these, you know, American guys are overseas and, and Bob Hope brings over all these, you know, these young American women and they say, oh, you know, this is what you're fighting for. And it's kind of, it's kind of interesting. If, go ahead, John. Dale, uh, Marilyn Monroe went to uh, Korea. She and, uh, and Joe DiMaggio were in Japan and um, he, she decided that she wanted to go to Korea and went over there and she came back. The story is that uh, she said, Joe, you can't imagine what it's like to have thousands of people yelling your name. And he said, oh, yes, I can. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. I'd say so. Uh, yeah, it's a, probably a little bit of a different experience for most of the uh, the uh, movie people anyway, to have people yelling and screaming your name at you. And just, it, it was amazing when I, when I was listening to these clips. And, again, I encourage people, if you want to find out more about some of these shows that the USO put on, you can, can find them, of course. But I had to, when I was editing them out, I would edit out sometimes two and three minutes of, of the troops just cheering, just just because. And that hasn't changed. The um, it, 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 we, we, those shows, and, and your, your audience needs to understand, the one thing that they do know about the USO is probably our entertainment tours, and it's about 10% of what we do. It's a huge 10%, and it's extraordinarily important. People uh, today in Afghanistan uh, this time of year, we take a tour over there. They'll wait for three or four hours in the snow for and sit through a two or three hour show. It's um, it means that much to them, and and the response is exactly the same. It's it's noisy, it's boisterous, and uh, it's one reason that once we get a performer to go on a tour, we don't have trouble recruiting that performer again. Well, I guess here's a, here's a question I come up with. What about security for these people? 
That's kind of you know the guy the guy that called in Robbie's you know he's saying you know they took us in there of course they don't want us to bring our weapons into the show. Oh well now they do. Oh okay. <laughs> the weapons are all cleared, but uh, the uh, Robin Williams said that the the, the most sobering event uh, occasion he ever had was when he walked out into uh, I think Iraq and the whole front row was armed. And, <laughs> He said, he said it's an incentive to do well. I was going to say, it's not a, not a program that, you know, pardon the pun, you don't want to bomb at that one. Uh, that's for sure. You mentioned that the entertainment uh, portion of the USO is only 10% of what you really do. Give me some of the other activities that the USO is involved with. Well, we, have, we operate 100, at 160 locations around the world. You mentioned in your, your run-up the, uh, the, the USO centers at airports. We uh, we have USO centers at the major airports in the United States. We also have them around the world. Uh, we have nine USO centers in Afghanistan. That's where most of our uh, traffic is right now. We, those centers get about um, between eight and nine million visits a year from troops and family members, and they're important uh, connections back home for uh, for troops and for families that are stationed overseas. So the biggest part of what we do happens at our USO centers around the world, and uh, we'll be opening a new one in just a few months in Nashville, and we'll talk a little later about um, about a big project that we're putting on in the Washington D.C. area at a couple of uh, a couple of military hospitals. Okay. And in these last two minutes, I, I'm just going to read an email that I got from Al Wood. And Al Wood is uh, is in Australia, and he he was in Vietnam with the Australian uh, military, and he said that after a recent visit to Washington D.C. for the 30th anniversary of the wall. One more gem awaited us as we departed Dallas International Airport for home. On arrival off the coach from the city, we passed a sign to a USO lounge. Caught my eye, and I delved deep back into my memory, and I had been into a USO club in Vung Tau, South Vietnam, way back in uh, 1969. So once we leave of our luggage, uh, we had some three hours to kill, and I, I went back and asked if an Allied Forces veteran uh, in Vietnam could was eligible to go. And, of course, when I showed them some idea to prove I was a veteran, they manning the lines. They said, welcomed us to come in with open arms and had sure beat the heck out of sitting in the departure lounge. So there was a fridge full of beverages, a microwave, an offer with any range of frozen meals, coffee, lounge chairs, TV, quiet room with beds therein to nap if necessary, and Internet PCs and telephone calls to anywhere in the world were offered. All of this at no charge. Priority security check-in was also given to us, and he said that they later found chocolate sweets stuffed into the jacket pockets on their flight home. And he just uh, wanted to say apparently this USO facility is also offered at many other airports across the USA. It should be kept in mind. The ladies were there were so hospitable and welcoming. But Barbara, when his wife Barbara says, we were very impressed. Thank you very much, he says. So That's thank a great you story. Thank you for sharing that. And I, and I think that that's, that's just the way that the, the USO is. Uh, we're going to be coming up and taking a break here in a minute, minute John. I'm going to play another little segment after this break of uh, one of the Bob Hope shows where he's talking with uh, Nguyen Cao Ki. For those of you that were in Vietnam, you'll recognize that. But I think it's important that you listen. So we'll be right back. You're listening to Veterans Radio. The Medal of Honor is the highest award for valor in combat given a member of the Armed Forces of the United States. There have been over 3,400 recipients of the nation's highest award. This is one of them. First Lieutenant Jack Jacobs, although seriously wounded, made repeated trips across an open rice paddy evacuating wounded and their weapons. Details after this. 
As a veteran of Iraq or Afghanistan, joining IAVA.org really helps in the transition home. It's a network of OIF and OEF vets like me who've got your back here, just like we did over there. That means when you need help navigating the GI Bill, we've got your back. And when you're dealing with the transition home, we've got your back. Or when you just want someone to share stories with, we've got your back. Iraq and Afghanistan Veterans of America is there for you. Join our community at IAVA.org. We've got your back. Brought to you by IAVA and the Ad Council. Jacob served as an assistant battalion advisor in Kien Phong Province, Republic of Vietnam. The battalion was advancing when it came under intense heavy machine gun and mortar fire. Jacobs called for and directed airstrikes on the enemy positions. Due to the intensity of the enemy fire and heavy casualties to the command group, including the company commander, the attack stopped and the friendly troops became disorganized. Wounded by mortar fragments, Jacobs assumed command of the company, ordered a withdrawal from the exposed position, and established a defensive perimeter. Despite heavy bleeding from head wounds that impaired his vision, Jacobs returned under intense fire to evacuate a seriously wounded advisor to safety, where he administered life-saving first aid. He then returned through heavy automatic weapons fire to evacuate the wounded company commander. Jacobs made repeated trips across the fire-swept open rice paddies, evacuating wounded and their weapons. On three separate occasions, Jacobs drove off Viet Cong squads who were searching for Allied wounded and weapons, single-handedly killing three and wounding several others. His actions saved the lives of a U.S. advisor and 13 Allied soldiers. The Medal of Honor series is a production of Veterans Radio. The war had been going on for two years, and I got the calling. I got the calling to, to join the service and support the boys over there. Thousands of American troops have come home from the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan, suffering the effects of post-traumatic stress and traumatic brain injuries. I never thought that I would have PTSD. I thought that I had enough coping skills. I don't think anybody who goes into combat could ever honestly say that they're not different when they come home. What you take as a simple thing is not so simple for me anymore. I'm going to have my good days and my bad days, and I really don't like those bad days. I would say to those people that are out there, uh, don't brush this aside and don't count us out. Help the USO support these troops and their families. Donate today at GiveUSO.org. The wounds are invisible. The stories are real. And here's the show I still don't believe. The largest GI audience I ever played to. The nicest Christmas present we ever got. Some say 30,000, some say 28. You come. I'm going out to grab them before I lose a single one. I just want to tell you, it's great to be back here in General Westmoreland's ranch. General Westmoreland went to see the president. I guess it didn't work out. He's back. His face is loaded with brass. One PFC spent his whole tour of duty trying to salute his way out of the washroom. <laughs> they don't have this many stars at the Academy Awards, and there's just as much jealousy. <laughs> but, uh, 
enough about my problem. <laughs> now, Vietnam is less than half the size of California and the same shape. So why doesn't Ronald Reagan come over here and straighten the whole thing out? Christmas Day. I tell you, it's a wonderful thing here in Vietnam, and there's a great holiday spirit. This morning, a perfect stranger handed me a gift beautifully wrapped. I can't get over the way he tied the fuse into a bowl. <laughs> Vietnam is the only place in the world where you can get a purple heart opening your Christmas presents. And Santa's afraid to come to Vietnam. Last year, he only got as far as the first hole when he was picked up by the MPs. <laughs> After the show, the man, all four stars, General Westmore, came up on stage. Bob, I want to thank you and your talented troupe for a wonderful show. There's a very distinguished gentleman in the audience who has seen Bob's show for four years. At this time, I would like to introduce the Vice President of the Republic of Vietnam, Nguyen Cao Ki. I would like to take this opportunity to express to all my fellow fighters, on behalf of my people and my country, our gratitude. We know how big your sacrifice. We know how big your dedication. I'm sure the generation of Vietnamese today and those to come will remember you. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. And we're back on Veterans Radio, and that was a Bob Hope show in Long Bin. And I, I just thought it was interesting for those of you out there who, you know, wondered how the Vietnamese felt about our troops being there for so long. I just, I, I like that comment. It kind of made me feel good when I, when I heard that from me and Cao Ki. Uh, we're talking with John Hansen, who is the uh, senior vice president of the, the USO and is an Air Force veteran himself. Uh, John, we were talking earlier not only about what the entertainers do and what the, you know, what the facilities are that the USO provides around the world, but what else is the, uh, is the USO doing to help uh, America's veterans? The, um, over the past couple of years, we've started a, a project we call Operation Enduring Care. We realized that uh, one of the USO's great traditions was to, to be at military hospitals around the world, and uh, we're actually with these troops today when they're wounded in Afghanistan. We're, we're at Kandahar at the big hospital and at Bagram. Uh, we're at the the, um, the 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 combat stress clinics around Afghanistan. When the troops come back through Germany and uh, stop at Landstuhl, uh, we have a USO center that is part of the Landstuhl Army Hospital there uh, that provides a break not for, not only for the people who are in the hospital but for the uh, for the troops caregivers and for the the medical personnel there. And we have been operating at military hospitals since the end of the Second World War, but we wanted to ramp up that activity. So we are, um, in about five weeks, we will open the first of our warrior and family centers. Um, two of them we're building now. 
One, the first will be at Fort Belvoir, Virginia, just south of Washington. The uh, second one will be built next year at uh, the new Walter Reed uh, military facility in Bethesda, um, in Bethesda, Maryland. But these centers uh, will be very large, the largest USO centers in the world. But uh, bigger, what's more important than how big they are is that they'll, we think they'll be offering some hope. The, right now, troops that, um, any of us who've ever been in a hospital know that after three or four days, the hospital wants you out and you want out, and it's really unusual to stay at a hospital for a long time. An amputee uh, at Walter Reed, for example, is there for an average of 18 months, and uh, that amputee's world is pretty much his or her hospital room, the rehabilitation facility, and whatever surgical suite um, that he, he or she may have to go to. So we wanted to provide a place um, not just for the troops to go during their recuperation, but also for families to begin to, the process of starting their lives after the, for what comes after the military. So we'll have continuing education, a place to watch movies, a place for kids to play. There will be kitchens there so they can prepare home-cooked meals. Um, there won't be residential facilities, but there will be uh, areas of respite, uh, a place to deal with uh, what is sometimes an enemy none of them anticipated, which is despair. So um, thanks to the generosity of some of our donors and some great corporations, we'll open the first center at Fort Belvoir in early February. Uh, the second one will be built and completed, we hope, by the end of uh, 2013. Wow. I, I, make sure you let us know about that, because that, that sounds like a great opportunity to do a program about what the USO is doing in addition to providing entertainment for our troops. Well, these, these centers um, are in the middle of a campus of, um, of, of where troops are recovering, and um, you, you were generous enough to, to, to air a USO PSA about um, the invisible wounds of war, and we we're working closely with the National Intrepid Center of Excellence for Traumatic Brain Injury um, to make sure that we can add whatever, whatever value we can to the programs they offer, whether it's art therapy, a place to put on a program. Um, we work cooperatively with a lot of great nonprofits, and, and we're, we're proud to do that. And this is uh, our, neck, our step into making sure that troops and uh, wounded, ill, and injured troops um, and their families have a place to to recover and uh, to get started to look down the road and take on the challenges um, when when they go home. Well, I, I certainly appreciate what the USO is doing and talk a little bit more about how we can how we as private citizens now can help the USO. What do, what do we need to do? Is is the USO a government agency? <laughs> Never has been and uh, it, it will shock no one that uh, after the USO was formed during World War II, the War Department decided it was a great target of opportunity. And President Roosevelt said that if it uh, is not supported by the American public, it doesn't deserve to exist. And so we have been a private, not-for-profit organization uh, since our founding, and um, several government studies afterwards said that if there weren't a USO, they'd have to create one. Uh, we have been we're supported by um, millions of individual donors and uh, dozens of really great American corporations who help us uh, do what we do. 
Well, we're going to coming up on a, on a break here in a couple of minutes, John, and, and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about some of the other things that the USO does and how people can can donate money to help out the USO. I think it's such a, a valuable resource for us all to to support. I mean, there are so many different organizations out there, and it sounds as though the USO is sort of acting like a clearinghouse with some of the other great organizations that are out there, too. We work cooperatively, cooperatively with some really great uh, nonprofits and uh, add value. We add value to each other. Well, you certainly get people's attention. So I'm going to take a break here a little bit early, so I'm warning Nina that this is what I'm going to do. You're listening to Veterans Radio, and we'll be right back after this. the memory of sentimental verse nothing in my purse and chuckles when the preacher said for better or for worse how lovely it was thanks for the memory of Schubert's serenade little things of jade and traffic jams and anagrams and bills we never paid how lovely it was we who could laugh over big things and that of course is bob hope again because bob hope <laughs> to many of us was and is the face of the uso although that has changed dramatically today and uh, we have many other entertainers who are out there. Uh, as, uh, our guest, John Hansen, who is a, a senior vice president with the USO, I had talked about. And I, I guess I, one of the ones that I always uh, hear about is Gary Sinise. Could, can you tell me a little bit about his involvement? Because, boy, I tell you, it seems like he's everywhere. <laughs> Gary's a great guy. He, um, obviously, his experience in uh, Forrest Gump got him interested in uh, military service. He's got a number of family members who served. I think his, his brother served during Vietnam. And um, you might not know that he was very active in Chicago, in his hometown, to um, in, in veterans' issues. So early in this war, um, we asked him to, to go on our first USO tour to Iraq. And we haven't been able to stop him since. Uh, he's also, he plays bass in a uh, rock and roll band that he's called the Lieutenant Dan Band. Mm-hmm. And we've taken that band um, around the world as well to entertain troops and family members. He's one of the most generous people um, in the business. And uh, we'll do just about anything we ask if, if he's available. He's a, he's a great guy. Well, we, we certainly here at Veterans Radio appreciate what, what Gary does, not only for the USO, but how he has supported veterans all along. I just think it's wonderful. Yeah, he's, um, he was one of the speakers at the Disabled Veterans for Life Memorial uh, groundbreaking a year or so ago, and um, he's been a big supporter of that memorial. He's, he's a veteran's friend, and he's a friend of troops and families. Well, and there are many more like him, and I can't—I can't even go through all the names, and I'm sure you—you—you you, you couldn't either. Um, we, we were talking, and when I was looking at the USO website, which is USO.org, you can go on there and make a donation still in time for for Christmas. But you had a, a, an interesting thing on your site about that you can give uh, money in different denominations for different gifts for veterans. Could you talk just briefly about that? 
I think you're talking about the USO Wish Book. It's, it. it's uh, been, we started it in November of last year. Uh, it's a, an online alternative giving catalog, and it gives donors an opportunity to give um, symbolically gifts uh, in a number of uh, price at a number of price points, including um, this year we we added some um, some some gifts for wounded warriors. So you can uh, for sixty dollars, for example, you can provide a flight home comfort kit that has blankets, airplane pillows, those kinds of things, um, and you can even uh, it, we, we've got gifts there that will help uh, troops write a resume um, uh, or get some job counseling or send a military kid to camp. Um, these are opportunities for people to give uh, to the USO, but to to target their gift to something that's meaningful to them. So it's these are virtual gifts, and we, we talk to our troops and our families uh, all year long to find out what's important to them, and we, uh, we try to make that happen. Well, I, I thought that was a wonderful program when I saw that. And the other thing I know you can do is that you can make uh, donations in honor of somebody. Yeah, you can make you can make a gift in honor of um, of a family member, someone who's no longer with us. Um, and that the, if it's if it's for a family member, they'll get a card that will let them know that somebody has been has donated to the USO in their honor. I know that's that's how I got involved. <laughs> it's uh, John. I want to thank you so very much for being on Veterans Radio today. And if there's anything that we can ever do to help out the USO, don't hesitate to give us a call, and, and we'll be there to help you as much as possible. Well, Dale, we appreciate the opportunity to be with you, and wish all your listeners the best for the holidays and the new year. We'll be talking with you soon. Absolutely. Thank you very much, and a merry Christmas to you and yours. And to you. Bye bye. All right, folks. That's. Uh, the USO, and we all are familiar with the USO, and we're not going to close the program now, but I've got one more thing that I want to uh, play from you as a clip from one of the Bob Hope programs. And we're going to play that right now, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to end up the program at, at that point. So, Nia, here we go. At the end of the show, we would traditionally sing uh, Silent Night. It's a holiday season. You're away from home, a long way away from home. And they begin singing Silent Night, and the entire audience chimes in. And by the time you're singing the last refrain, most men, and we were men-men, had tears rolling down their eyes. And all you could hear were people crying. They wanted a dry eye in the, in the place. It was beautiful and it was happy and it was very sad at the same time. There was this entire audience of mostly men just in tears and of course we were all in tears. And I will never forget that moment. Every every single show. Have a Merry Christmas and God bless you. Bye. joyous and you know we laugh till we cry there are these guys going to go maybe so a number of them are going to go die we're all laughing together that's a real service in a lot of ways it's probably the last performance any of those guys saw in that regard that speaks volumes about the man bob hope is one of a kind 
He's a saint, and if he isn't, he should be. God bless Bob Hope. God bless Bob Hope, and God bless all of the people that work with the USO. And again, I encourage you, please go to their website, USO.org, and donate today. They can use the funds. We've, we've asked these men and women to go overseas numerous times, and many of them have, have missed holidays with their families and uh, their, their friends. And this is one way that we can support them. And the USO does a great job, and I'm not just shilling just for the USO. There are many other great organizations out there, and this is the time of year when they need your contributions, they need your donations to help out these men and women. Because without these men and women, many of us wouldn't have the opportunity of being here, and our lives would probably be a lot different uh, if we were to... Uh, you know, not support these organizations. I think what was interesting uh, in, in talking with John was that, you know, the USO is an organization that is strictly volunteers. And, uh, I mean, obviously the administrators up at the top will make some salaries off of it. But, you know, as, as President Roosevelt said, well, if, you know, if the American people aren't going to support an organization like this, then what's the point? Well, you know, we've got a lot of people, men and women out there, that are defending us uh, Every single day, and it's only it's less than one percent of our population, and uh, you know we've all heard about those one percenters. Well, there's 99 percent of us that are not involved with the military any longer, and it's up to us to support these men and women. And I'm hoping that you will do that with your contributions to organizations like the USO and some of the other ones that are out there. Uh, this is a pretty uh, emotional program. I didn't realize that some of these things were going to to get to me like they always do. But we want to thank all of you out there for your support of Veterans Radio, and we are looking forward to another new year coming up, and we're very excited about what's going to be coming up in the future. Next week, uh, Dwight Zimmerman's got one of his At Ease programs on, and he's going to be talking with authors. This guy knows every author in the world, I think. Uh, we've got those programs coming up. We've got uh, Bob Gould will be back and let you know that Bob is doing much, much better. As you know, he was on the program last week, and he's hoping to come back, and he's going to try and do a program himself on December or January 5th about the future of America's military. And he's going to have uh, Dr. Rebecca Grant on to talk about what's going on with, with the Air Force and so forth. Uh, some other programs coming up in the near future are uh, we've got, uh, we're going to do another program on our Korean vent, uh, Korean uh, POW. We've got a World War II veteran uh, coming up in January. We're going to take a look at some other things that are going on in the world. If you've got a story that you would like to have us cover here on Veterans Radio, please just go to our website, veteransradio.net, click on Contact Us, and we will try to get in touch with you and let you know what's going on. We're going to go out with our theme right now, but on behalf of all of us here at Veterans Radio, uh, Bob, Dale, Nina, and Maria uh, in the control room, we want to wish all of you a very, very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year and peace on earth to all of you. All right. That, 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 this program always makes me very emotional, and I, and I hope it affected you the same way, and we hope that you can support the USO and their continuing mission uh, with supporting America's veterans and military, active duty military. Um, before we go for the day, I want to make sure that I thank everybody who has been involved uh, on the production side of, of Veterans Radio. And from Legal Help for Veterans, that is uh, my partner, Jim Falzone, and his wife, Carol Ann Falzone. Uh, Jim has been an, an, just an, an amazing addition to our team. Uh, you make sure you go and listen to our podcast uh, on Blog Talk Radio and on all the different platforms that are out there. But, uh, Jim, this is my personal thank you to you and, of course, to Carol Ann 
um, who's on our uh, benefits program each month. She does a great job for us. I also want to make sure we thank all of our new contributors, and that would be Dr. Eric Fretz, uh, Dr. Christine Cook, brand new doctor there, uh, PhD type, uh, Kate Melcher, who's the executive director of the Fisher House, Michigan, uh, Lydia Pinkham, who is the vice president of the Student Veterans of America at the University of Michigan. Uh, these are our board members, as you may or may not know. Uh, Veterans Radio is now a nonprofit called Veterans Radio America, 501c3, ourselves. I want to have a special shout-out. Thank you to Tammy Bethune from uh, BTG Solutions. Um, she's the one that controls and takes care of all of our social media contacts and Facebook and Twitter and all those other things that I don't have any clue about. And without Tammy, we'd never be able to get the word out about what's going on here on Veterans Radio. So I want to thank her uh, especially. So without all these people, we couldn't put the program on. And, of course, without all of you, we couldn't do it either. So we want to thank everybody from here from Veterans Radio. Uh, we wish you a, a, a great 2022. We hope this pandemic goes away forever. And until next week, this is Dale Throneberry, and you are dismissed. <laughs>